Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. They're the crunchiest of all the confectionaries. <laughs> He's not got a soft mint like an adult. Welcome to this week's episode of the 20 Minute Times flagship podcast. I'm your host, Jamie. I'm joined by Martin Melly. Yes. And Stephen. Hello. Listen, 1,447 people support us on Patreon and we love every single one of them. And why do they do that? Because they get extra podcasts, extra videos and extra writing from us, guys. Uh, and we would like to make that 1,600 by Christmas. We've set ourselves a target and you can help us. If you want to support the podcast and get lots of extra delicious content and help us meet that target, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. You can find the link below whether you're watching or listening. At the Match Podcast, something that happens for every single Celtic game. We've got podcasts after every match. You guys were at Kilmarnock and Martin Melly kicked off that podcast by saying, Stephen, best performance of the season. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I thoroughly enjoyed it, to be honest. Yeah. I thought it was the first, no, maybe not the first, but I think the clearest sign so far that the Celtic team are starting to sort of click into gear. We're starting to... Starting to feel that big tick energy again. But now that Brendan Rodgers is back, it's taken a wee while. It's taken a wee while to adjust to new methods, new players, terrible injuries, you know, loss of form for some others. But now we start to feel Brendan's that we're rolling. To cook it. Yeah, to, it's, it's, to take a let meme. him cook. Yeah. Uh, it's just we also remarked on that podcast that it's unfortunate now that we've hit this sort of hit our straps a wee bit and then going into an international break because mm -hmm. somebody's on a on a hiding I reckon in, in the coming weeks so it's just, just a shame we're not going to get it next week but yeah thoroughly enjoyable that talk has been lingering about merely about the oh we need, want to see somebody get battered 5 or 6 nil, and I, I would have thought I said you know, it's, it's a, you can be a good team without necessarily battering someone 5 or 6 nil, but it kind of looks like it's in the post now for somebody yeah I think uh, on another day that game could have been 5 or 6 easily Celtic were so dominant I think it was at 77% possession but the main thing we spoke about after the game was we enjoyed that. There's been a lot of games this season where Celtic have come up with big victories, where it be beating Rangers, going away to Aberdeen or getting that late one against Motherwell. There's been a lot of drama, but this was just an enjoyable game to go and watch your team. And we've seen that a lot last season. Celtic just went out and won game after game and it was it was great to watch. This just felt like the good old days again. And you, when you look at the lineup, it just... Stephen said it before I had the game, it was just... I said the lineup was a bit uninspiring and I don't mean that like the players aren't good players. It's just there's nothing new there compared to last season. There's no big names in there. But when you looked at the lineup, it was like this looks kind of about the strongest we've got right now. And you've seen that in the performance. Cameron Carter-Vickers coming back. Rio Hattati having his best game of the season. It was just it was just good to watch and enjoyable. And Kilmarnock, we shredded them. Yeah. It was good to see Cameron Carter-Vickers back, Stephen, as oh, Melly yes, said. Yeah. But I think... We need to take a bit of time here because 
we are a podcast who are not afraid to admit when we get things wrong. And you might not have seen that because we're not wrong very often. <laughs> but I think it's about time that we, we, we all had a lot to say when a certain Liam Scales was getting picked for Celtic not so long ago. We all had a lot to say about that. We all shared our thoughts on it and what we thought of him as a player. But I think it's about time we sort of set the record straight a wee bit on the Liam Scales thing. Yeah, I think so. I think he deserves now to be spoken about without having to do that. Yes, it's good for Liam Scales. I think we've done that a few times now, but I think the, the performance against Kilmarnock was actually just good. It was a good performance, a good defensive performance. I think if, if Starfield had played like that, I would have come away raving about it. So it's only right I do the same for Liam Scales. He deserves his place now. It's not like... He is literally the only option in there now because we're starting to get a few defenders back. Lagerbielka didn't make a squad. Unclear what, what's happened there, whether he's just unfancied for the moment, I don't know. But Liam Scales kept his place because he deserves it. And I, I thought it was a, a really good performance from him. He's had a few recently, but what I, I noticed about um, his performance against Kilmarnock is that I think it was fairly clear that Derek McInnes had sent their big guy, right? So Vassell is a big, a big solid centre-forward. They'd probably sent him up against Scales to try and bully him about it, but you're not going to get much much joy out of Cameron Carter-Vickers. So sit on Scales and just sort of bully him about it. The guy, he's terrible on the ball, all that sort of stuff. But I think I thought he stood up to it excellently. Didn't he give Vassell a sniff? Won a lot in the air. And I noticed that it was all about his timing. He would step off a, a wee bit and w anticipate the ball and just come in over the top of Vassell. I thought he was, I thought he was very, very good indeed. And like, going forward... It doesn't really matter about that because I think I think we all agree, even the biggest of Liam Scales fans would probably concede that if Celtic are still playing Liam Scales after we've had another transfer window, that would be a disappointment because he's always yeah. going to be a guy who's has proven himself to be good enough to, to be here for the time being. But I think I think he absolutely deserves his place just now. Tough in the tackle, good in the air, and Fairly limited on the ball. His use of the ball isn't great, but I thought he defends excellently just now. So I yeah, full credit to him. With Brendan Rodgers coming out after the game and saying it's one of the biggest surprises of his coaching career in that he's just sort of... It all but said he kind of came to the club and he, he, kind of how we've been talking about Liam Scales, how you'd expect him to go to Aberdeen or something. Yeah. I reckon Brendan Rodgers, without actually saying that out loud, is probably expressing that, you know, I probably would have got rid of that guy in three or four weeks ago, but his... Form has been such a surprise that it's one of the biggest surprises of his career. With Brendan Rodgers saying that about him, I think it would be unfair and overly simplistic to just suggest that, well, Brendan Rodgers has improved him. That's clearly not happened because Brendan Rodgers is as surprised as anyone, even more so. So I think Liam Scales deserves enormous credit for turning his Celtic career around for now. I think he's been great recently, honestly. I spoke to Liam Scales after the Lazio game uh, and we had it on part of our At The Match podcast, which is obviously available on Patreon. Um, and I asked him about his, his recent performance and how he, he must be very pleased about you know, how he's performing at the moment, Melly. And he says, I'm really just doing what I've always done. And that's obviously the way he sees it. And I think from my point of view, you know, he, he was a bit of a, not a joke figure as such, but we were very hard on Liam Scales uh, about the fact that, you know, oh God, we've got this guy starting. I don't agree with Liam Scales. I don't think he's done what he's always done because some of the performances lately, particularly against Kilmarnock, he's, he's just been... He's left everything out there. Yeah. Absolutely everything. And he's he's a player that is just, as Stephen said, he's strong in the tackle. He, he will not get bullied. And really that's all you can ask. But these sorts of 
rudimentary elements of the game, all the blood and snotter stuff, it's all starting to add up now and it's week after week and it's that consistent and the consistency that turns an okay player into a good player. Yeah, there's no denying them. The now I think if Bar Navrotsky, I think if Celtic had their full complement, well, we did have four centre halves available at the weekend and I'd have picked Scales and Cameron Carter Vickers to go in there and he's in there on form, gives Celtic a decent balance. But when he came in he was a sort of left back. Mm. So we're expecting if he moves into the centre, he'll be better on the ball, but he might not be strong and he might not be tough, but it's the complete opposite. He's not the best on the ball, but he's strong and tough. And uh, Saturday just showed that I think if I was having doubts about Liam Scales for the future, it'd be like European games, he's not very good on the ball. We're going to need better than that. And that's fine. But for in uh, Scotland, he kind of answered all my worries on Saturday. I still don't think he's great on the ball. He does have a lot of space to drive into, but... His physicality, it was such a strong performance from the guy going up against a big player and he just didn't give the guy an inch. He's, his headers were timed to perfection. He's always trying to get a foot in there. He's not giving away silly fouls like he did at the start. So for a guy that's came in as a left back, went on loan to Aberdeen as the, the sort of left side of a back three to now be playing in a centre-half pairing as a left-sided player, He's done absolutely brilliant for Celtic. Going forward, will he will he remain in the team when everybody's back? Possibly not, but right now you cannot deny he deserves no. to be in there. And see the physicality thing, but we're talking about him being you know, strong in the air and tough in the tackle and all that. In Scotland, it I mean, it might sound a little bit reductive, but in Scotland, sometimes that's the difficult bit because that's the bit that seems to have done for Kobayashi. Mm. Kobayashi's yeah. nowhere to be seen yeah. and that was the big problem he had. Julian got panned after yeah, the like, Livingston game. Yeah, he never really shook that off. He, he had massive performances, did huge things for Celtic, but he never really shook off the fact that he got a bit bullied against Lyndon Dykes years ago now. So Kobayashi is a guy who looked the complete opposite he looked very assured on the ball we all, all agreed on that he looks really good on the ball he, he provides that left side balance looks looks like he can pick a pass but he couldn't do any of the physical stuff and that looks to have basically ended his Celtic career to all intents and purposes he's nowhere near it so Liam Scales has has done very well at the bit that these more supposedly more sort of cultured defenders that's the bit they struggle with and Liam Scales is you know he's done well at it I mean we're going to talk about the Lazio game obviously we'll cover that towards the end of the podcast but just just on Liam Scales, the one thing I find difficult with Liam Scales is when you say he's the left, he's a left footer, he plays on the left side of the two, but he seems to have difficulty sort of pitching what's going on at that side of the pitch, particularly in the Lazio game. I found it quite difficult. No, I thought he found it quite difficult. You know, turning to his left and playing the ball to Greg Taylor, and I think that's what you've touched on a bit about on the ball. I think that's maybe what you want to look out for when Narotsky comes back and Narotsky comes back. You want to see. Is Scales still getting picked ahead of that guy? Because if Scales is getting picked ahead of that guy, then you've got serious questions to answer about the quality yeah. of the players that we're bringing in. Because there's things undoubtedly that the manager will see that we maybe as fans are no picking up on. Like the manager will be watching that going, if Liam Scales could release that ball a wee bit quicker or if he didn't misplace his pass, then maybe we could spring attacks a wee bit faster. Yeah, the, with him being left-sided, that's the whole point to having a left-sided centre-half is they can see that pass out to the left-back or the left-winger and it just goes directly to that. But I, I didn't notice it as much until you pointed it out in the Lazio game. Then I did notice it on the, in the game at the weekend there. But it might be Greg Taylor moves inside a bit, but still I think his focus is always going over to Carter Vickers' side, what it definitely was at the weekend. So I don't know if that was something about Celtic. We seem to be attacking down the one side a lot at the weekend, but... 
think with Liam Scales, I think he's growing into it and maybe this is the next thing for him is that being able to drive into space because teams like Starfield leave him on the ball and he passes the ball a bit too soon for me. Mm. His passing was okay, but I'd like him to drive into the space, commit somebody, then release the ball, but maybe he's just not got the confidence to do that yet. But if he continues on this trajectory, I think Brendan Rodgers will be able to coach that into him. Another thing, just on, just if we're, if we're giving his lame skills a report, if we're giving a wee bit of feedback, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, another thing I'd like to see him sort of cut out of his game is he has kind of has a tendency when he's heading the ball to head into areas he can't see. I've noticed he does that from time to time. He'll head over, back and over his shoulder quite often at the centre of the pitch. There's one during Lazio, there's one a couple of weeks ago the where he headed, game. Where he headed yeah, it yeah, in yeah. the box. He's heading it in areas he can't see where you kind of just think, give yourself the easy thing and just put that back where it came from and then yeah. it'll give yourself a chance to reset. There's every chance he's, his form will pick up as well because I don't think it's a coincidence that this guy has put in, his, in my opinion, his best performance of the season of several because he was man of the match against Rangers. He was more than decent in uh, one of the European games, I think, as well. Was it final? He looked, I can't remember, but he's been he's been pretty good recently. I don't think it's any coincidence that he's, his best game, in my opinion, comes when he's playing alongside Cameron Carter yeah, yeah. because it's long established. We've spoken about it so many times when there were so many options in there. When Starfield and various others were going through their injury problems, Welsh, Jens, whoever whoever was swapping in and out, Cameron Cartervickers was injured around then as well. But all of them looked better alongside him. He's a guy who elevates everyone else mm. around him. And I, like, I don't want to give him sole credit because if you're winning headers against a guy who's much bigger and more physical than you in Vassell, if you're being strong in the tackle and you're making decent use of the ball, that's you that's doing that. It's not yeah. It's not Cameron Carter-Vickers. He's not controlling him, but he is clearly giving him a platform of confidence upon which to do this because Cameron Carter-Vickers is the guy back there. There's no doubt about it. He's an absolutely brilliant defender. He was excellent as well against Kilmarnock. I found he's so much better on the ball than he's probably yeah. given mm -hmm. credit for as well. So I, I don't think it's a coincidence that, that he has picked up his form just as Cameron Carter-Vickers is getting back fit. So, I mean, there's no reason to disbelieve that he, he could get better in the coming weeks as well. Looking for additional new contracts and everyone seems <laughs> yeah. to be getting them at the moment. Next up, Cameron Carter-Vickers. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's just about the only one left that you want to see yeah. get a new contract. I thought you were going to say Liam Scales there. Uh, well, why, why not? You know, uh, why not? A bit like confetti. The new Charlie Mulgrew. He's <laughs> well, uh, moved listen, about everywhere. Listen, Charlie, if you're watching, don't listen to him. <laughs> uh, uh, new contracts to Rio Hitati. Um, Brendan Rodgers singled him out for praise after the game as well Stephen yeah excellent uh, by far his best performance do you of the agree season. with Brendan that he was kind of holding himself back a wee bit do you think that performances from Hatati haven't been as good as they could have been uh, I don't well what, what the reasons for the, for that downturn in form I don't know there was the contract stuff and you think that signing the contract would sort of clear that up and he can just go on with his football, but I don't think there's any denying that he hasn't been particularly great this season. He's not really quite felt like himself, but that was easily his best performance of the season. I think Brendan Rodgers made some comments about how he has to he has to press the game more, sort of impose himself a little bit on the, on the ball, and that that sort of triggers him on the ball. The way Brendan put yeah. it, I'm not I'm not quite sure what he meant. Manager by that. speak, yeah, yeah, Brendan yeah, Babble. It was great. <laughs> well, it was Brendan Babble, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, but I mean, there's no getting away from it. That that was his best performance of the season. A great goal. Looks more creative as well. Could have had another couple of goals. Yeah. He was unlucky against Lazio with that free kick, the kind of indirect free kick that Matt O'Reilly teed up for him and he, he hit it across. Kyogo jumped over it. See, watching this highlights back, some of it's so frustrating. Trust me, I've got plenty to say yeah, right, on Lazio we'll when we get to it. But Real Hatati's back. Real Hatati is back. So hopefully he can pick up his form and play the way we know he can because he's a, he's a massive, massive part of this team. We've got so many midfielders now 
there's so many options in there, but none of them are Rio Hatate. Are they? Not, none of them can provide what that that element or that edge that Rio Hatate can. And long may it continue because it's. It's it's been a long time coming this season. Mm. To be honest, he's looked very very shaky, very very erratic with his passing, which is always something he's kind of carried with him. But I, I don't mind it because Rio Hatati is a guy who, even off form, is a guy who looks to make things happen. So you're always going to get a few wayward passes here and there. But it started to tip over to unhelpful levels of wayward passing. So it's it's great to see him back with, with fully in confidence. Long may that continue because one of our best players and one of the best players in Scotland. Oh, he's a creative spark in there. He's great to watch and that drag back and flip through the legs oh, yeah. is utterly brilliant. It's something you see somewhere else but you never get to see it your own team doing it. But I think what Brendan Rodgers was maybe trying to say to him was about the intensity of his game. Maybe because of the, the change in Celtic style just slightly but we're not as pressing as intensely, but if take that out of your game or you drop that down, then maybe Rio Hatati's just found it difficult to come in then because I think Rogers is saying, look, if you drop your intensity, it's hard to pick it back up. Mm. So you need to keep it that intensity, which brings that consistency, which means he's playing at the, the high level every week. And he's dropped off that this season. He's dropped off that. He's just looked a bit sluggish, looked a bit passive. And at the game at the weekend from the off, he could see something's changed for him here something's changed he was early doors he was going at it he was trying things he's gum shield that's what's changed he's changed yes. it from yeah. blue to red which we all next one's white <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think if he keeps up that intensity because that, I think that was what Rogers was trying to say look the best players in the world don't drop off they keep up that intensity and when Hattati's on form like that nobody can live with him in Scotland no. and if he brings that into Europe seen it last year he played a lot of decent games in Europe so looking forward to seeing him kick on now because if we've got Matt O'Reilly in the form he is adding that to Rio Hattati and your captain Carter Vickers back that spine of Celtic's team is strong and you've got Keogh up front we just need to fix it down the, the full backs in the wide areas but we're getting getting strong this team's looking probably as settled as it's been all mm -hmm. season and then we get the best performance of the season it's no coincidence but this is what Brendan does we're like the players like Hatati, Matt O'Reilly even maybe Liam Scales he, he just, he's got a knack of improving these guys and I, th I think he's probably saying to Rio Hatati you know well he did say in his comments as well like, you're not the youngest you no, are no, no. you are quite old for a footballer I, he commented his age didn't he he's 25 yeah, so. he's 25 because if you give me a chance and listen to what I'm saying I can really really improve you and we can really kick you on and you can get to where you want to be and I think that's probably Brendan's. Did you see the video? Brendan was having a right long chat with Hatati after the game. Yeah, yeah. It was probably what's the effect of I told you, yep. like keep doing that, listen to what I'm telling you, and you'll produce performances like that. Yeah, and there was a lot of speculation over Hatati over the summer about him potentially leaving, potentially re rejecting new contract offers, seeing what's in the pipeline for him until that gets sorted. He's not going to sign a new contract. But the the fact is, like, if he wants to go and challenge. You know, at the top level if he wants to go and test himself at the top level which I, I don't think he's really ever hidden that he, he does want yeah. to do it eventually he's got to he's got to be like that if if he goes to one of the you know so-called top five leagues and he doesn't play with that intensity that that sort of rhythm and, and the pressing he'll get eaten up and spat out in one of these sort of more you know intense and physical leagues so uh, I'm I'm glad that Brendan Rodgers seems to be drilling that message home to him because Quite frankly, I don't really care if he does it in a in a top five league. We need him to do it as well. Yeah. We need him to be at the at the top of his game, and not just in Europe. Like we need, to, obviously, like 
we need to be basically perfect in the Champions League. More, more to come on that. We need to be, you know, we need to play out our skin in the Champions League. But we also need our best players playing at the top of their game domestically as well. Because, well, we, one, we want to win the league, and two, we want to turn up and be entertained. I don't yeah. think that's too demanding. That's the first time I think you know this season where I've come. It's not the first game I've enjoyed, but it's the first game I've come away from thinking, Do you know what, that was really good. That I really enjoyed that afternoon. There've been there've been good games here and there, but that's been the best one so far. And Real Hatate being on back on form is a big part of that. I mean, you can really feel the team getting settled and a lot of that is to do with the fact that the, the players are coming back. We're, we're yeah, starting yeah, to get tick. players back. We're starting to get... And Brendan Rodgers is... He's tried a few things and there's been tactical tweaks. Um, again, on the uh, At The Match podcast for the, the Lazio game, um, Cal McGregor was talking to us and he says, look, Brendan's changed a few things throughout the season. You know, sometimes you see Cal McGregor, um, Greg Taylor coming in. Sometimes he stays out. We've We've changed what we do there. We're mixing it up. And we're also changing what we do as far as sort of players coming in now. And that wide area, as Melly's pointed out, and we've spoken about on the podcast quite a lot this season, that's an area that's caused a bit of an issue. And we're starting to see Lewis Palmer come into the squad now. The options out in the wing are kind of, you've got Forrest, Mikey Johnson, Palmer, Yang, Maeda. Have I missed anybody? And Mikey Johnson's an option. Oh, well, well, I know. Listen, well, he's, he's at the club and we're paying his wages and he might end up on your contract. Like just, just before we move on, I, I said to, to Melly at the, the Lazio game, it's like I was watching Mikey Johnson warm up at halftime, but even though he's right there, he's three-dimensionally right in front of me, I cannot picture that guy taking to the field at all. It's, it's, it's Odd, bizarre. It? He's in the squad for Champions League games, but not domestic games. <laughs> it's the, just the strangest thing. The quota, fella. Uh, the thing no yeah. player wants to be. when, when Admin. When, uh, <laughs> when Ralston signed that new contract, a lot of people, that's, that's good, that fills a quota. That's not a compliment. <laughs> no, you no. don't you don't ever go up to a player like Anthony Ralston, Mickey Johnson, and go, oh, mate, you're doing some job filling that quota and for us. It makes me sad how far we done fell if we as fans are celebrating this, the, the addressing of a quota in squad. Like, yes, yes, some good admin by Celtic yeah. with filled quotas. Stick that in the trophy, <laughs> um, Is it Palmer's spot to lose Melly? I think so now. He just looks like he's going to create something uh, every he time he's every, played. Has he scored every time he's played, oh, more or less? He's, he's, I think he's got more celebrations than goals, but he has... <laughs> uh, that against Lazio, uh, Mike. Come on, mate. Man. Pick one, no, that's four. Uh, uh, that's what happens. I don't really play a lot of FIFA, but I know when you score a goal and you mash all the buttons and your guy ends up doing Do eight celebrations, celebrations slide right. and the shirt comes off. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> Just pick one and stick with it, mate, and mm. maybe wait and see if the goal, the goal counts Before first. Before catching yes. a booking for it. But uh, I think he, he looks... He looks great. He's not the. He's definitely not the Jota type. He's more the Elianusi Sinclair. Probably more Elianusi. Maybe he's got a, a good dig on him. He's got good technique on him, and he looks like he's always in positions. The thing with Angie's team is they knew exactly what they were doing. So if one winger got it, the other winger knew where to be. And with Yang, you never get the feeling he's going to be in goal scoring positions. Maeda, he can get into them, but his technique lets him down on a lot of occasions. But with Palma, he's going to be in and around the goals, I feel, all season, I think. He'll get 10 plus goals easily for Celtic. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be... It's hard to describe, remember... Scott Sinclair in his first season scored goals and was brilliant and then in the second season he was top goal scorer but he felt he dropped off massively. Mm. He might be one of those guys that maybe doesn't contribute a lot in the game but pops up with two goals. We've seen it a lot with players like Sinclair and Elianusi so I think if he's going to be in the team brilliant because we're going to get goals I still worry about the other side but if he's doing what he's doing the now I can't have any complaints because he's come in looks dangerous every time he gets on the ball 
and looks to make things happen. He's so direct. He doesn't really have that turn of pace. Completely different types of players and not a winger really, but it kind of, he's not far off Chris Commons in terms of like that threat from like, see if, if, if the ball falls to somebody 20 yards out just at the edge of the box or something, there's very few players I would want it falling to rather, more than, he than Chris Commons. phenomenal goal scorer Aye, So I don't think they're anything I like as players, but what I'm trying to get is that, that sort of confidence that I would have in someone taking on a shot from there because he looks like he's going to score quite a lot I mean I, I can definitely as you say Mel I can definitely see him getting among the goals can easily see him hitting quite a lot of goals for Celtic because he looks confident in his shot there was even a moment against Lazio where he was bearing down on goal and it was an absolutely superb tackle but I've just have last ditch tackle that came across him and put it out for a corner where he looked like he was about to pull the trigger and looked about as if he was about to score he just seems like a very very dangerous player he's not the fastest but no. that doesn't I mean that didn't really hold Jota back he's not a particularly quick winger no. either so I, I think I can see him contributing massively for Celtic I, th I think he looks the real deal at it it's, it's early days yet and it, I know that a lot of people weren't impressed with his performance against Feyenoord but I've just kind of get thrown in at the deep end, really. So I think we've seen a lot of these players as well. They, there is, a, they do need a bit of time to settle, especially yeah, yeah. when things are, especially when for toxic the managers chopping and changing things slightly a wee bit. It's it's unfair to expect the players just to immediately hit the ground running when even the managers still try to figure it out a bit. No, and I suppose that, like, we kind of do need players to hit the ground running because it is October and we're already in the midst of some pretty big games. Mm -hmm. We're already two games deep in the Champions League and we're still waiting for players to settle that's a very unfortunate um, symptom of just being Celtic in the modern age to be honest no but, buying it we'll discuss it during the last yeah. year but, but I, took, I took issue with that when the manager said that well that, that, but that's it we, we do need them to, to mm. hit the ground running we just do because I don't, we can't be sitting here in October talking about how players aren't ready for certain games and all that. it's just it's just it's just no feasible, really, because... Heart rate's gone up. The damage. I was wondering, in my earpiece, it sounds like bacon sizzling in here. Yeah, so, it's the so, blood in my veins is <laughs> boiling hot. The Lazio excuses. But, yeah, we do we do need to give players a few weeks to, to bed in. No, there's, there's some hysterical stuff out there after players have one bad game. You know, the, the old forums are still mm. there. I, I still I still treat myself to a wee trip <laughs> down the forums. Is that how you get the blood going, <laughs> is it? <laughs> um, and players have been written off left, right and centre. And Palmer was one who, after Feyenoord, they didn't really impress. But, I, I mean, it looks it looks like exactly the, the kind of... In that, that, in that lineage that you've just mentioned, the kind of El Yunusi Sinclair... Haksabanovic? Ha well, was yeah. the name you raised on the post-match pod? Haksabanovic is a guy who should have done better. Mm. He, to all intents and purposes, he should be the guy that, that Palma is already. You know, yeah. Just with a wee bit more application or whatever it is that was wrong with, with Haksabanovic, he could have been that guy because he had a goal through it as well. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out for him at all. So hopefully Palma is in a better nick than that. Too much internet for Hanks of yeah. I don't think <laughs> yeah. that was a problem. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. We are brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween. Oh dear me, to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring compact design and next-generation skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without a mess of a traditional shave. Get a sweet treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use the code TIMS, T-I-M-S, for 20% off, plus free shipping. It may be spooky season, but you don't want to scare people with a scraggly beard. Give them something to look at with Manscaped's Handyman. Are you tired of a bad razor making your neck look like a scary movie? With the Handyman's skin-safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave. That's right, your Halloween costumes may take effort, but beard grooming doesn't need to when you can get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Can I just say something, Stephen? Manscaped, this isn't in the read, but they actually sent us this box oh. product and I've been using it and it's actually good. You look fantastic, Thanks Jay. very much. And genuinely, it is really good. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. Free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the word TIMS. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself a handyman from Manscaped. The thing that struck me about all these games, even the Lazio and the Feyenoord game, and it's a word Brendan uses mainly is control and we're really in control it's you're starting to now if you didn't see it before you're starting to now really see the difference between Andrew's approach and Brendan's approach and they're, they're both successful ways you know every manager will say there's more than one way to win a game of football but the thing that I think for me is epitomising Brendan Rodgers' approach this time around with Celtic is the control the grip on these games it's just everyone seems to start now they know their job they know where they're supposed to be there's nothing really frantic there are moments in the games from time to time that things get a bit loosey-goosey but overall the word I would use to summarise the way Brendan's team's approaching these games is just control just professionally just machine-like working through these games picking up a win picking up a win picking up a win it's I know it might sound ridiculous right but I'm watching Celtic now as as they start to move through the gears a little bit and improve and I'm like, this is like invincible form. It's not going out there, hell for leather, oh my God, everything's happening at once. It's, oh, we won a game again. Oh, we won another game. Oh, we won a game. Like Before you know it, you're halfway through the season and you've not dropped any points or you've not lost any games rather and that's kind of how the the league is won. It's no the fantastical five and six nil every other. It's, it's just like mechanical, wonderful. We've won that game, we've won that game. Points, points, points. Yeah, when Ange first came in, it was played six, won three, lost three. Mm-hmm. So it was 
you won one game 5-0, you lose to Livingston 1-0 the next week. So it was all over the place. But with this, I think that Brendan Rodgers is long in the tooth. He knows what he's doing here. He knows Not that... those no. <laughs> 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 he knows what he's doing here, doesn't he? He knows he can't come in and just instantly get this going. It's going to take tweaking for him. And I think he done that in his first spell at Celtic when Celtic moved into the second season. I remember him talking about they'd moved was it 10 or 20 yards further forward? So when they were building up, basically our centre-halves were in the the other team's uh, half and we just camped them in and we broke teams down. And with the players he's got now, he probably can't play the complete way he wants to play, so he's had to adapt to that. And the best way for Celtic to keep control of these games is to have the ball and be solid. And while we have had defensive injuries all over the place, we've had patchwork defence, we've had how many defensive partnerships already, we aren't conceding a lot of goals and if that if you build on that while keeping control of the ball like 77% possession yeah. at the weekend there Kilmarnock just couldn't get the ball off us and if we keep control in these games we're going to beat teams and then we're going to beat teams handily but it just seems to be a bit of a slow burner and it's starting to come now and that control that Celtic do if, if we keep on this style and then he gets to bring in the players he wants and bed all these players in we're going to just be ticking these games off, winning them comfortably and before you know it, there's going to be no way back for some teams in mm. the league so it's good to see, I don't think it's how we're going to play for the, the full season or into next season I think Celtic will start to progress but good progress so far I mean I think the, the foundations are there I think we just need some better players and yeah. sort of key positions and some other players starting to contribute a wee bit more but I was just having a look at the stats here, Stephen. 759 passes to Kilmarnock's 215 in the game, 78% possession, 87% pass accuracy. The question is, how did Kilmarnock put us at the cup a couple of weeks ago? I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it still stings that, to be honest. And um, we could be sitting here in such a better position if we were still in all all competitions. Mm. Just a sore one, a sore one. Just got us at the right time, I think. Just Aye. got us in that, that right moment of the transition. So I uh, very, very unfortunate. Even at that... Kilmarnock created a couple of chances in this game, but it was all weird stuff. And I feel like I'm I'm taking crazy pills because <laughs> no one seems to have mentioned the fact that there were a number of fouls in the build up to their goal. And mm. no one, I don't think sports scene addressed it at all, as far as I'm aware. There's one on AJ. Am yeah, I, am yeah. I right there? yeah. A, a massive shot, but the, the crowd were furious. Yep. You can hear the boos in the in the footage, but the the crowd were absolutely raging, including like, everybody around us was like. Looking directly at it, big fistfuls of shirt on the way to that. The the one on Greg Taylor was looked like a, a foul as well, but that's that's much further back. The guy basically had AJ's shirt off him Aye. and pulled him to the ground. And I suppose it was probably just one of those ones. Oh, they're both at it. <laughs> How's that? Replay the game. Aye, <laughs> yeah, yeah, replay the game. And then there was that weird um, chance they had at the end where. Johnston flicked it onto Vassell and it went over from the goal line. So it was all quite strange stuff. Mm. It wasn't as if Kilmarnock were cutting Celtic open at any point or anything like that. So yeah, huge amounts of control exerted over over the opposition. And it's it's something we're probably going to see a lot of at home against these opposition because that, that it was sort of a, a key facet of Brendan Rodgers' team the first time around keeping quite a lot of the ball passing from one side of the defence to the next. I think that has unfairly been looked back on, erroneously for me, as boring football mm. and, two, and possession for possession's sake because people just throw those sort of tags around. But what it was quite useful was useful for was pulling players out of position, sort of working the jab bit mm. on that sort of halfway line, just 
playing with the defence and then leg kicks. Yeah, 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 exactly. So a few wee leg kicks. Um, just don't don't do that on the field, right enough. Yeah. But uh, waiting for waiting for weaknesses to appear and then getting try and get in behind it. It's it's a patience seems to be a key part of Brendan Rodgers' setup. Got to bring in a wee boxing analogy for you, Jamie. <laughs> All right, go for I, it. I, you know, know you'll be well there. Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather mm. one of the... <laughs> you want another pass at that champ before you start slagging that boxing? Right, Floyd go. Mayweather, he was just the goat, the basically the best, but he never, it wasn't a pure knockout king or anything like that, but he just, he was the best at everything in Celtic. You really you sound like you know what you're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it, mate, don't worry. <laughs> Celtic just seem to be good all over the pitch now. They, they condense the game. And I was going to ask you if if this was another manager that came in that wasn't Brendan Rodgers and hadn't left under that, or it was boring towards the end, despite Celtic winning like the last 10 games before he left in the league, do you think people would be saying, oh, get it forward, or this is boring and passive? I don't think people would. I think it's just we're, we're falling back into that. This is how he'd done it before, but I'm can, not really can I sure. Surprise you? I would be the opposite. See if this was another manager and not Brendan Rodgers, I would probably have less patience if I'm, if I'm truthfully honest. I, especially over the last couple of weeks and, and what's transpired in Europe, I'd be going, I'm not sure this guy's got it. But because it's Brendan Rodgers and I've got so much faith in the guy knowing he's a top-class manager, I can I can kind of anticipate what's coming. And with every passing week, we look to get a wee bit better. And I'm going, aye, this is, this is more like what Brendan Rodgers is like. And it all comes to head this weekend as you say when the, the performance and all that I'm like this is this is what Brendan Rodgers is good at improving these guys I've got a wee bit more faith in them than I would necessarily if we got say for talking sake we were linked with Frank Lampard <laughs> or John Eustace or John Eustace yeah. don't even know who that is <laughs> um, or we went for Angie's Apprentice and Kevin Musk mm. or any, any of the bums mm. that Rangers have been linked with um, in their pathetic attempt to get a manager in if any of those guys arrived at Celtic Park I wouldn't have the confidence I do no. in world class Brendan Rodgers no no he's proven he's proven time and time again that, that he is a manager of a, of a, of a great a, a very high standing indeed and Celtic have been doing a good job of that in recent years because with Brendan Rodgers who is undeniably a top level manager Ange has gone on to prove how just how elite a manager he's probably going to turn out to be Neil at Lennon. the very top level. <laughs> Neil, Lennon. Neil Lennon. Francis Lennon. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you, I was building up to that. Save, <laughs> save the best for last. Oh, all right, okay. a, oh. Ronnie Dyla. Yeah, oh, Big Z. Uh, but, oh, Big his Z. name came up recently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you put it in the group chat, was it? Colin Kazim Richards? Yeah, Colin oh, Kazim Richards, right. uh, former Turkey and about 18 other clubs <laughs> ace. Colin Kazim Richards has sensationally said that Ronnie Dyla is the worst coach of his entire career. <laughs> I mean... no. Of course, people will be defensive about that and say, aye, but he's a dud. What's, what does he know? But the fact is, he has played in about 12 countries <laughs> yes. for about 20 years and at international level. And but he's played... We are, we are focused on it because it's Celtic, but of all the managers he could have picked, Ronnie Dial was well, the worst. Well, and he was talking uh, about his uh, his diet and forcing him to eat fry-ups and all that, that kind of stuff. I, well, I know. I, I didn't realise he forced me to eat beans. I was, he was forcing me to eat sausages and bacon. Uh, sausages I, and burgers. For sausages and burgers. <laughs> we had a joke there. Yeah. But look, Pepper I'm not going to name the managers, right? And, uh, you know, that Colin Kazim Richards, more than entitled to his opinion about managers. And he's certainly not the, the first player that's had a few things to say about Ronnie Dial. But the club, that Ronnie Dial's up against uh, whoever managed them at these following clubs <gasps> Burry, Brighton, Sheffield, Fenerbahce, Toulouse 
Galatasaray, Olympiacos, Blackburn, Bursaspor, Feyenoord, Feyenoord, Celtic, Curtiba, Corinthians, Lobos, Veracruz, Pachua, Derby County, and Faith, <laughs> Cara, Gurumac. Right, yeah. Out of all those clubs, he's <laughs> went a dialer was the last guy. <laughs> right. Some big clubs in there. There's well. some terrible clubs in there yeah. as well. Some dodgy managers, I'm sure. I think he won a title in Brazil with Corinthians, inexplicably, Colin Kazim Richards, title winner in Scotland and Brazil. I didn't think, when he signed, I thought he had the, he had the look. I know we've sort of veered off track ever so slightly, <laughs> but... Kazim Richards kind of had the look of a player who might be quite good. Yeah, yeah. Aye. He looks like a footballer, doesn't Aye. he? Yeah, he doesn't really play like it. But <laughs> I, I think I think it was still hard done by um, when he lost his place in that game to Gary McKay, Stephen. That game oh, we do not speak of. Mm. But yeah, water under the bridge now. Ancient history. Uh, but yeah, he's back in the news. Uh, branding Dial a complete and utter dud all these years <laughs> later. Incredibly still going. He's still playing. Kazim Richards. We thought it was just, oh, it was a mistake. Rogic missed out uh, dialing his fingers. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe it was. Rogic missed out. And it gives me a, an, another final opportunity to mispronounce the guy. Yeah. <laughs> as I did there. We're going to do something on yeah. Rogic. Rog- <laughs> Fuck. Rogic. Yeah. Rogic, yeah, yeah. We're going to do something on Rogic. Uh, it's called The Breakfast of Champions. It's like a little Patreon podcast that comes in between flagship recordings. We'll have that. It'll be... Uh, a little retrospective on Tom. You guys can do it. Save me mispronouncing his name <laughs> yeah, every yeah. other opportunity. We're going to gush. We're going to gush for an hour or so about Rod what Tom Rogic. Yeah, guy. he's he's finally he's in perhaps the most disappointing but yet entirely unsurprising mm. news of the week. Tom Rogic has retired. So we're going to do a, a, for all the right reasons, though. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, for all yeah, the right reasons. yeah, definitely. Only thirty, though, mm. um, unfortunately. But yeah, we'll we'll have a look at uh, his career during the week on the Breakfast of Champions. Yeah, looking forward to that. So that was that was domestic stuff. Uh, we're top of the table. We're ahead of Rangers and St Mirren, unfortunately, slid below Rangers with a, a diabolical handball. I, I <laughs> every, every time someone says top of the table, I hear it in odds and Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going to do the accent. Yeah. Top of the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one table we're certainly not top of is the Champions League table. Um, listen, after that game, Melly, the narrative came out. Unlucky. Celtic were unlucky. Uh, oh, last minute goal. Uh, uh, you know, I don't buy any of it. We do, I don't buy any of it. I think that game was, yes, those players were unlucky. The manager gave us all, the players gave their all. But that is just far from good enough for me. And the breadcrumbs lead back to the transfer window as far as I'm concerned. And you guys said it on the post-match podcast and I firmly agree. In fact, it was some lateral parallel thinking because I hadn't heard the podcast by the time I'd said it in the Discord. But if Jota's playing in that game, we win that game. I'm absolutely convinced of it. And we don't have Jota. What we do have is £25 million that we that we put in the bank. And that's sitting in the bank. It's not on the pitch. And to hear, as Stephen alluded to, or as Stephen said earlier on, about you know the Champions League, the game's come too early and uh, the players are still starting to settle. And Cal McGregor said it after the game as well, that we've got players you know, still trying to settle. It used to be that the Champions League qualifiers were too early for us and we used to accept that. I don't buy for a minute that match day two is too early. If it's if match day two is too early for players, then you then see all that time you spent waiting to do your transfer business to the last day of the window. This is that. This is all those chickens coming home to roost. That's the phrase, isn't it? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That's the chickens coming home to home to roost on <laughs> on that one. I think what's been shown up here is that the the trans we made an ass of the transfer window. We we made an ass of the transfer window, and some of those player performances just for me, weren't good enough. And I'm not asking Celtic to go out and buy superstars, 15, 20, 30 million. I know for a fact, seeing players that have played for Celtic in recent years, that the quality required to progress in that group and to win games like that is available to Celtic. I know it exists. I know it's not out with our transfer budget and I know it's not out with our ability to sign these players. 
you're not going to get an easier Champions League game than that crap Lazio team at home to Celtic on a night like that. You're not going to get it. And we fluffed our lines. And it just really disappoints me because that's the first act of a three-act structure. It's the first act of the Champions League game done. And we are still complaining about not having enough time to learn our lines. It's no on. It's no good enough. And I really think the board let the manager and the players down because after the game, Kel McGregor's gutted. The guy's gutted. And we did the post-match podcast. I'm, I'm sitting there and I've got a chance to answer, ask a question. And I was going to go in with something like, well, what do we need to do to win a game like that? Because I was pissed off after it. But he, when you're standing face-to-face with the player and you see how hurt he is, when you see how disappointed the player is, and he's talking about moments in the game and concentration. And the only thing that got me yeah. is, Cal McGregor's like, we just switched off for two seconds at the end and it cost us. Aye, it cost you a draw. Aye. But it, wasn't, it, it didn't cost you the win. What cost you the win is a lack of quality, a lack of quality in Yang, a lack of quality in Maeda, mistakes at the back, Liam Scales, I perform well, but as you say, the on-the-ball stuff, you correct that, I know you've you've got some stuff to say as well, maybe Greg Taylor's, but you correct these mistakes and you're able to correct them, then you win that game. But as far as I'm concerned, two games in, zero points, head-to-head with Atletico Madrid over the next two games, the two most difficult games, the Champions League now is just looking like a myth from us. And we've been doing this podcast how long, Stephen? Eight years. We've never won a Champions League game at home, have we? At no, all? No. We've never won a Champions League game at home while we've been doing this podcast. Yeah, big game, a big club. It's not starting to look like it, nah. is it, I think? But I can't disagree with a lot of what you said, mate. I think after the game, I was absolutely scunnered. But I wasn't mm. scunnered because I had a last-minute goal. But as you say, it was a point we lost out mm. on. It was a point. I don't think... Celtic ever looked like winning that game. The Palma goal didn't come against the run of play or anything like that. Celtic weren't didn't have Lazio on the ropes at any any point. It was just two not great teams going at it, was it? There wasn't much goal mouth action. There wasn't many big chances. There wasn't much to get the crowd behind Celtic at all. And I was just, the same as you, just really disappointed because I look at that and go... See two players of Cram and Carter Vickers and say Jota Standard, Celtic go out and have a chance to win that game. Mm. But we simply didn't give ourselves a chance. The players on the pitch, some of them could have done better, but I don't think they could have done much better. Like, can Greg Taylor play much better than That's that? It. I'm not sure. Scales, no. Nah. Maeda, we know what we're getting. Yang, I don't think he's ever going to be Champions League level quality, not that that's what we're bringing him in for, but I'm not even sure he's going to be a first team player for Celtic, like I said last week, yet these are guys we're relying upon and on the biggest stage, this shouldn't be happening, Celtic have got all this money in the bank and this is before we get the Jota money, before we get this year's Champions League money, which is a guarantee, what were we doing last season, the, the season finished and I kept saying, keeper, left back, winger and we'll be alright, we still need all that. We still need all that and we lost Jota and Starfelt, but of course we brought in centre halves. I was just so disappointed that the whole summer, the whole season builds up to this this season. So Celtic win the treble, bang, that's it. We're in the Champions League next year. Let's start preparing. Then we're in the Champions League. Nearly a third, well, we are a third of the way through. And we're out. I know. We've got four games to go, and I don't think we're going to get near enough the points to getting at the Europa League it's really poor I just don't understand how a football club can be sitting there thinking all this business is going to take us to the next level nine players one maybe two of them start in Celtic's strongest team it's not good enough and it's cost us again I'm sick of going in every campaign saying 
We're about two players away from being a good team. When the excuses to go out and get those players aren't there anymore, we are selling out every week. We are selling out our games for the Champions League. We are guaranteed Champions League football if we win the league. We have got players in and we've sold them. We've brought in this model. Why are we not bringing in sufficient calibre of players to progress here? It's because the Champions League, the transfer window, Stephen, rather, Celtic didn't need, in my opinion, eight or nine three million pound players. What we needed was three or four, six, seven, eight million pound players yeah, to, yeah. to improve that team. And I was left after that game watching it going, no, it'd be dramatic, right? Because I know people like to throw the baby out of the bathwater a wee bit here, but in the in the purest, truest sense of the question, where are we going as a club, right? No, oh my God, sack the ball, that's a disaster. But where are we going, really? Because, so rewind the clock back. We lose the league to Rangers and we all agree a big rebuild's needed, right? Ange comes in, first season, rebuilds, lays the foundations for the next season. Ange comes in the next season, moves upon that treble into the Champions League again, goes away and goes, look, I'm see, this is a five-year plan or a three-year plan. I'm two years through this, hands the keys to Brendan Rodgers. I'm watching that going, so to me, we've kind of moved back now. We're oh. kind of in between Ange first From last group season. to this, group, this year's group, we have, because that was a hard group we had last year, good teams in it. This is a group where I feel we could get out of, yeah. but we've no chance now and there's two games in. It's not as if we've got Man City and Real Madrid in our group. We think we're going to need to target the third team. I thought we could have got points off every group and now we're two down and that Lazio team was in disarray. Didn't play well on the night. I thought Celtic passed the ball about well enough. The manager got his tactics spot on. I think the players gave it their all. That wasn't enough because there's not enough quality there. There's a, there's a player I want to single out. Well, there's a few players I want to single out, but in particular, you, I, you, look, you should be allowed to be harsh about players without people getting too touchy about it, right? And there's no denying that we like the guy, but for me, I was tearing my hair out at the amount of good opportunities that Dyson Maida cost us. Yeah. Right. And he, he's just up there Decisions doing... Decisions, He's just doing Dyson stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. And as Melly said on Greg Taylor... Greg Taylor's performing as well as Greg Taylor can and Dyson is doing exactly what Dyson can do but the amount of playing, not playing Kyogo through missing blatant shots scuffing stuff taking one too many touches taking poor touches the one where he was clean through and he took a touch and it took him out uh, wide and he sclaffed it right across the box and uh, then there's, there's the you can ask yourself like, you know the overhead kick to make Palmer offside is that a clever decision is that he just everything's a bit frantic with Dyson yeah um, and it's things like that that cost us these games it's not massive golfs in quality but we've seen the quality in the side that's been removed from the side and that's what's the most frustrating but what are your thoughts on Dyson? Uh, I, I, I can't disagree with any of that I really like Dyson as a player and I, I like watching him play but he has fairly severe limitations when it comes to his decision making at the very top level now I think it's quite a harsh thing to judge someone on for a player of Celtic's level to not be going out there and winning his Champions League games, right? Mm. So on on just by definition alone, on paper, that seems like a harsh thing to to say. But the fact is we need players who can do that at, at that level. And we're not that far away. No. Not that far away. All it would have taken was a couple of extra bits of quality. And we're winning games in the Champions League because Lazio weren't great at all. That's two games we've played so far in the Champions League. I've not been blown away by the no. opposition in either one of them, but yet we come away with absolutely nothing. I, I said to you too before we, we started recording here that in our, as you say, eight years we've been doing this, I think the Lazio game is one of the hardest, if not the hardest game to sum up, to respond to, to react to, I think we've ever done, to mm -hmm. be honest, because I don't know quite what to make of it. We we are accustomed to European disasters, whether it's humpings off big teams or humblings off 
minnows. We've seen it all, but I don't, I don't really know what category this one goes into because we, sh- we should have done much, much better. And the galling thing for me about the Champions League now, we're not out, right? Mathematically not out, but it's going to be very, very difficult mm. from here. If you're not winning your first home game against a team that isn't the best in the, the table, you're going to struggle from then on, especially going into a doubleheader against probably the best team. The golden thing for me is that we've turned up now into the Champions League feeling quite unprepared about Aye, it again. And for the first time, or not, not for the first time, rather, for, for, for one of the first times in many years, this, this wasn't a surprise. We always, Celtic always had either a home or away fixture for either side of this fortnight we're currently sitting in right now. We always had a home game around this time of year. We've known that since... May when we won the league or mm-hmm. even before that we were about to stroll to the league and then after the day Ange walked out and Brendan Rodgers was in very very quickly That's this is what we should have been building towards this entire time and it makes it, it, maybe unfairly it gets me thinking about stuff like this people talk about player trading models bring in this player and sell them on for big money so we can get loads of money back in and we invest it back, back into the squad and then we develop it what's it all for if, no, we're, not, if exactly. we're not focused on the Champions League I don't know what it's for don't I don't want to be one of these people who says it's the Champions League or nothing. We only care about the Champions League. The league takes care of itself. I, I enjoy, I, I love watching Celtic and I love going to the games and all that, but I, I've always treated the Champions League as as a as a goal, as a as an aspiration, but not not like a necessity. But I, I do wonder what, what it's all for if it's we're not building towards no, it. Like, what's the point? What yeah, we, we should have been signing players for, for this exact scenario. And again, people will think that's Ridiculous to say when we signed nine players in in the summer, but I always I was always fairly clear about how I found the strategy or lack thereof of that transfer mm-hmm. window fairly confusing. I said that check the record, bud. I said that at the time, <coughs> but there's another one. So Lagerbjerg doesn't make the squad against Kilmarnock. He's another new signing, not nowhere to be seen, and he's behind Carter Vickers and Scales. I think he's the only other fit and available centre half not in the squad. So that's another one. We've really not done a hell of a lot of anything in that that um, transfer window at all. And that, to me, now feels like we're paying for that. Uh, I, again, league form, very, very good. We've spoken earlier on about how that was a really impressive performance. But it's it's kind of, it's hard to take when we feel like we are a club that is building towards Champions League. So what we've been saying for months now, a crack at the Champions League yeah. and stay for a crack at the Champions yeah. League. Stay for another crack at it because, you know, we were we were knocking on the door last year. We gave a few gave it a few black eyes. We didn't get the wins we wanted, but the performances were there. Next year's going to be different. And it's not it's not different at all. So I a, a disappointing night against Lazio for me, to be honest, because going in I thought, I we're underdogs for most games here. We're the pop mm. four team. But the way these games are playing out, I think, no, it's not. It's right there. We could have yep. beaten... Feyenoord was mental, right? We've got two men sent off, right? I think we can just write that one off as a weird night at the office. But um, a weird night at the office? <laughs> where, where are we working? Where we're here. Yeah, this is right. night time. And this is the office. office yeah. <laughs> um, but Lazio was, was a disappointment for me because I think we should have done better. I'm not going to sit here and demand wins because it's very, very difficult, right? But I, I know that and they're, they're good teams we're playing against, but it, we're not playing against Man City here. We're not playing no. against Bayern Munich. We're not playing against any of the the, the truly big hitters of the, of the competition. So to me, it does go back to the transfer window and I know people are bored of hearing about it, Binna, um, because it's, week, it's weeks ago, it's gone. But 
to me, that's not a valid point to take on it because we are now feeling the the strain, feeling or we're paying the consequences of of what happened or didn't happen in that that window. Yeah, last season I think we we sort of consolidated, didn't we? We we knew about if we won the league, we were getting into the Champions League. We went out and got Jota and Carter Vickers, and you thought, right, this we mean business here. Brought in a couple of our players, none of them really turned out well. But this season, it was always, ah, Celtic are in a difficult position. Maybe some certain players don't want to come here because it, unless there's guaranteed Champions League football. We've got that now. We've got players going for millions of pounds. We've got players getting international recognition. Everything's there for Celtic to attract players here. We're just not doing it. We're not doing it. And it's not as if, aye, but did you ever attract those players? Don't need to be guys that have played in the Champions League no. before. Go and find Carter Vickers level players, find Jota level players, find guys like Kyogo and Hitati. Don't go to the second division in Korea mm-hmm. and think that, oh, this is going to be the thing. The guy's not even in the squad. So Celtic's transfer business was all over the place. All we needed in the summer was three or four good players, like you said, and this team could have been improved upon. We brought in nine. Squad might be slightly better, but the starting eleven's not. And I'm just looking at that Lazio game, thinking, right, in the 10 years that we've been trying to win a Champions League game or get into the Champions League, of all the games, that was the one we should have won. That was the one, the missed opportunity. We didn't create the chances because we don't have the quality to. We don't have the quality to. The defence has been the problem all season, but that wasn't the problem at Lazio. It was the quality going forward. It was that quality. When push came to shove, Celtic don't have somebody to take somebody on, don't have somebody to have the composure across the ball. We don't have that creativity if Real Hattati's not on it. It's not good enough. I just, I just, as you see, we want to talk about something else, but as yeah. like, if we're air, air crash investigators here and we're putting all the pieces back together and following the breadcrumbs, it does come down to transfer business and I know it's no just saying sign better players. It's, Every manager says recruitment is the most important thing in the game. Like I'm looking at Celtic's last signings. I'm not trying to paint a bogeyman here, right? I know people love a bogeyman or hate a bogeyman at Celtic. So to say to save any blushes, I'm not even going to mention any names, right? But in the in last July, we changed our head of recruitment. Head of first team scouting and recruitment, a new guy came in, right? Go and Google him. I'm not going to I don't want to be accused of creating some myth or some bogeyman here, right? But since that person arrived. Jens, Haksabanovic, Abeldgaard, Kobayashi, AJ, Awata, O, Holm, Tilio, Yang, Kwon, Lagabielka, Palma, eh, Rocky, Phillips and Bernardo. All of those players have come in and you, you're, you're not like that guy must play. That guy absolutely Moy as well who, who contributed obviously but a lot of them have been misses. And as you said we're no asking for anything that's still here and I'm honestly left thinking like we're kind of going back and what what is the point in all of this and I've, I've sort of lost faith a wee bit and I feel for the manager and I yeah. feel for players like Callum McGregor because they are out there giving their all and he, he, Brendan Rodgers is, is, is holding this together and he's 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 never looked outclassed. We didn't look outclassed against Lazio. We didn't look outclassed against Feyenoord. We just looked like a team lacking talent in key areas. Talent that I've seen in Celtic shirts in the past couple of years that we've got plenty of money in for. So I, I don't know where the club are going with the Champions League and I, like you say, Stephen, like, what's the offer? Yeah, like yeah. literally, what what is all for? Because we're we're trying to improve here as a club. We're winning treble after treble after treble. The fans want this. The fans want us to do something in Europe. And it's been did you say it's nearly ten years to the day almost? Yeah, ten years and a couple of weeks to what we won the last home game. At, yeah, at BIX two one. Ten years, and I think that as well, Stephen, plays into. It's like I was accusing you there, <laughs> Stephen. That's yeah. yours, right? <laughs> I, I, that plays into the question about the atmosphere because there's mm. a lot of talk about the Celtic Park atmosphere 
on these Champions League nights and Celtic still try, it's almost like oh those fantastic nights under the lights those Euro, great European nights at Parkhead well it's been 10 years since we had one yeah. in the Champions League and there's a lot of fans going to games now that I, just my own theory right I thought the atmosphere was a bit dull mm. on the other night I thought as soon as the Lazio goal went in what I'm used to happening or what I remember happening is the opposition score and what immediately follows that is a roar from Celtic yeah. Park yeah. that didn't come there was a nervousness about the crowd and I think it's because it's been so long since we've had one of these Champions League nights. It's been so long since we've won in this tournament that there's fans now coming to games who, who can't remember it, who don't know what it's like and who just don't see it happening. Melly said something, he says it on the pod quite a lot. He goes, um, now that Kyogo, for example, has scored in the Champions League, he can see himself doing that. He knows what these Champions League goals are like. He can envisage it. You don't know what a Champions League night at Celtic Park looks no, like no. anymore. They're all, they've all been crap lately. Yeah. And look, no offense, right? Again, naming no names, but what we want, what we want at Champions League game Celtic, if you're listening, right, is a raucous cauldron with a dash of poison. What we <laughs> don't want is folksy twee music lulling us comfortably into the night before kickoff. <laughs> that that's no that's no personal. What I want wonderful singer. Very talented young person, but it's not the atmosphere. It's not welcome to hell, is it's it? It's not yeah. welcome to hell. And I, I've got to be honest, some of the, the Green Brigade songs, some of the new Celtic songs I'm hearing from the terrace, they're all about, they sound like Billy Connolly songs. We all went down the green, I could sing the team, they scored the heater, 1960s, it was lovely. I don't want that, I want hatred. Let's get this going. I want zombie nation. Yeah. I want all that sort tsunami. of stuff. I want tsunami. I want big Icelandic. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. I want all that power I aggression aye, aggression yeah. power fighting hatred poison fireworks <laughs> I don't want bagpipes I don't want any of that carry on no. anymore no I, the atmosphere is a bit of a funny one I've, I've seen it said that it's a myth and all that right I think that's easy I, I, I think that's a stretch because what, what I often find is that and it happens kind of football way do you know what online football discourse is like but I find it I've always found it quite silly uh, people trying to judge an atmosphere on the telly. Yeah. I mean, the cues, the, the clues, and the name. It's an atmosphere. It's something you feel. It's something you're mm. part of. It's something you're you're, you're just sort of you're, you're able to sort of soak in. You can't really get that through the telly. And people are sitting at home going, "No, oh, it's pish." <laughs> <laughs> and it's always it's not it's not our fans either. It's always sort of opposition Aye, fans. They, they clip that. a bit when like the balls out for a throw in. The players are getting organised. They go, "Celtic Park's a myth." I was I was actually waiting for the pictures to appear of the game, the Kelly game on Saturday, because like, half of Glasgow was underwater and they could man. make it to the game. But I was waiting for the pictures. Oh, the attendance of what's the attendance trophy again? Which I find absolutely astonishing, right? The whole country's underwater, right? There's flooding all over the place. Not a peep from the league. No, no. Nothing to like from the governing body. I make your way to the games you can. <laughs> People turn up in lifeboats and all that. The, the, the atmosphere, though, I think I think there is an element of tension about it. I think you're right. I think look, the Champions League has always been an occasion where people get right on it. People get right on it before the game, which leaves it on a knife edge of either being on it and a party or on it and everybody phone it depending on the, the performance in front of you and there was also a, I found it quite strange at the game in that I think the team sort of contributed to that in that when Celtic scored it, it kind of died a little bit mm. now, wild celebrations at the time but I think the team sort of sat off a wee bit the team sort of felt like we don't really know what to do now uh, whereas when Lazio scored they quickened the pace they gathered a bit of momentum and really went for it so there was that sort of weird lull in between goals where I, d I don't really know what everybody felt as if right, 
feels a bit strange. Celtic are not really going for the throat here. So I, I, I do agree that the atmosphere is a bit odd in the Champions League nights. I don't, I, don't, I think it's wildly overstating it to call it a myth. And it, all listen, that. it's no because we all remember the Rangers game. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. that place was absolutely rocking. So that that so the myth, the Celtic Park atmosphere, as you say, hasn't completely died. No, it's specifically these Champions League nights at Celtic yeah. Park that you're sort of that Celtics will brand themselves around that have kind of disappeared a wee bit I think yeah and I, I do agree I think it needs a bit more a bit more fight a bit more uh, fire and aggression about it rather than twee sort of, foxy yeah. <laughs> yeah. acoustic renditions John but, Lewis stuff yeah. <laughs> we've had like great nights like Europa League nights Lazio we've had the Ferenc Varos one was brilliant even though it was like a three o'clock kickoff or something daft there has been good games but with this it just like, and I'm guilty of it as well I'm in the crowd as soon as Lazio scored it was just oh it's going to happen again and, mm. and that that's because you you can't picture anything else after a team come back into the game you just go we're going to collapse like, Celtic are playing well get themselves in front and then let in a goal from a corner it's unacceptable at this I level. tried as soon as the, the, see when that see when that the, the goal went in and silence came over the crowd I stood up and I started singing Grace and nobody joined <laughs> in just a one man <laughs> Baritone performance <laughs> Didn't they catch on So I, Obviously I, I did all three verses And finished oh. it And then sat down And then saw myself out <laughs> As you should But it, it is difficult Is that I mean, we, We're all trying to Get this win That Celtic so desperately crave But It's kind of Catch 22 Because We need the players To get us going The players need us To get them going But yeah. We don't have that to call back on that recall of thinking, right, remember when we beat so-and-so in the Champions League, this is how we done it, because it's been so long ago and the players don't have that. Remember when the chips were down and we beat whoever in the Champions League, we came back. So we're in, we just need a win from somewhere. It needs to be scrappy, whatever. We just need a win to get this off the back because we can do it in the Europa League. We, we know we can, but when you're at this higher level, it becomes harder. And see when your two wide players are Yang and Maeda and you need somebody to get you going, that's not going to happen. You've not got that quality of somebody who to take somebody on and bring do something out of nothing that these guys just can't do. They can't do, unfortunately. If we had Jota, if we had Hatati on form, if we had quality, we're going into that game. Celtic's biggest signing of the season uh, Palmer doesn't even start it it's the start of October so you can trace it back to the Champions League you can trace it back to this club not going the way it should do it's winning trebles aye brilliant but we're not a European force and we should be we should be there's no reason we can't we cannot sit there and say we cannot compete with these teams money wise when we've got 70 million <laughs> quid in the bank you could pick you could pick a player more or less out of every or a two one or two players more or less out of every previous Celtic squad going back maybe a decade that would win you that game I think you go like if we had Delianusi if we had Jota if we had Edward you know if we had Chris Commons a Chris Commons type player it's, so what we're asking for and repeating the point here is not talent that has never been seen before but like any chance we could just get a few good players the likes of which we have seen ev uh, through every Celtic Aye, season and, and to be clear I'll beat, I'll beat you to it I'll save you the bother not, Jota doesn't matter it's not about Jota yes. Jota wanted to leave or not not necessarily wanted to leave he got a, an offer and left and Celtic got money for him it's not about Jota it's not about it's a, the Jota yeah it's not about the Jota it's about a Jota it's mm -hmm. about a comparable player being brought 
to the club that might have made the difference and probably would have made the difference on the night. It's difficult to do, but Celtic haven't come close to yeah. to, to, to doing that. So uh, that that's the disappointment because people might be watching this thinking that they want Chris Commons back in the studio. <laughs> Have you well, seen yeah. him recently? <laughs> we know fine well that the comments, you know, sometimes people listen to, I've found just as an aside here, I found quite often in this podcast, you will say something, right? Yeah. And then in the comments, someone will quote something entirely different. Yeah. So you'll say, for talking sake, Chris Commons was a good player and I will guaranteed get a comment going, can't believe Jamie didn't rate Chris Commons. At which point, <laughs> I simply want to stop podcasting. <laughs> uh, and on that bombshell, we shall wrap up this episode. Look, we have set a target for Patreon. We've never done that before. We're trying to hit 1,600 patrons by Christmas. You can help us out by going to patreon.com slash 20minutetims. You don't get nothing for it. You get extra podcasts, extra videos, extra writing, and you get to support your favourite Celtic podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.